0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Kennedy. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Harris Faulkner. And this is the Fox News Rundown.
1: Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has been a nasty affair, so is there any way it could get even nastier? It may have, as there are reports at least that a Russian drone may have dropped some sort of chemical weapon. This would not be the first time Russia's done something like this.
0: If it turns out to be a small-scale attack, it's a terrible act, but it's a big question for NATO about what to do.
1: This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Both the United States and Great Britain are investigating these reports of chemical weapons use in Ukraine. President Zelensky wants even stiffer sanctions against Russia if it turns out to be true
0: the question right now is trying to find out what really did happen.
1: Today we're speaking again with Dr. Rebecca Grant from Iris Independent Research, who's not only an expert on war, but has been following this conflict all the way through.
0: The British foreign secretary says that they're working urgently to investigate, and we know President Zelensky mentioned it, but really no clarity right now. What we've heard is some possible symptoms experienced by people in Ukraine and Mariupol that may track with either riot control agents or types of chemicals. Not a lot of clarity yet. I can tell you if Russia were to use a chemical weapon, this would be a huge red line. But we'd also probably see something on a small scale, a little bit like this. That's what we saw in Syria where Syrian forces used barrel bombs with chlorine gas and with sarin in really small, brutal attacks within their own cities.
1: Say this was a chemical attack, though, and we find proof that Russia did do this or maybe a Russian-aligned group did do this. Would the United States and NATO then be forced to act? where, as before, they haven't wanted to really get involved directly in this war?
0: You know, and Putin probably has that in mind because if it turns out to be a small-scale attack... It's a terrible act, but it's a big question for NATO about what to do. I think that the first thing we'll want to see is a consensus from the Ukraine and from our NATO allies about what the facts on the ground are, and they'll take the military decisions from there with Ukraine very much in the lead. I think if an attack has occurred and can be proved, Ukraine will let us know about it for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's one thing the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has been very active in keeping everyone involved and in talking about what's going on in his country. It seems like every day he's on a video conference with another body of government giving information and also asking for help. He may need more help because this war is shifting, Dr. Grant. Early on, we saw the Russian military attack Mariupol and really encircle the city and besiege it for a long time, as you mentioned there. They also were, the Russian military, on the outskirts of the capital of Kiev, but since have kind of pulled out a little bit. Now, most of the indications are that Russia is getting ready for a a renewed offensive push in the eastern portion of Ukraine. Can you confirm any of this? And if so, what do you think that would look like?
0: Ukraine tells us they think the Russian offensive has already started. And the Pentagon's concern about seeing the preparations backs that up. The way the fight looks in the east right now is very interesting. There is conflict on a little 20-mile north-south axis from towns out in the east such as Rubizhny and Popozna, and what we see I think John is Russia trying to take ground held by Ukraine and to seize some key highways that lead them towards the city of Kramatorsk which is where that terrible rail station attack took place last week. Looks to me like that city which sits on a key highway is one of Russia's objectives of its new offensive. And interesting, Russia actually took that city back in 2014, but they couldn't hold on to it, and Ukraine took it back a few weeks later. So I think that is the key fight this offensive looks to be shaping slowly but relentlessly as Putin tries to get all of the – uh, Donetsk and Luhansk provinces under Russian control.
1: Slowly is the word that really popped out to me there because this war was not, has not been a quick endeavor, it's been a long drawn out bloody and really nasty fight, especially the more we see going on there and more images we get. We're speaking today with Dr. Rebecca Grant once again from Iris Independent Research and expert on war. Now, Dr. Grant, we've seen a heroic defense of the capital of Kiev Something that some assessments, including the Pentagon, thought that the Russians may be able to take Kiev within a matter of days. Now it looks like the Russian military has pulled back from Kiev. We've seen some of the alleged atrocities committed by the Russians on Ukrainian citizens in the suburbs there. Can you talk about how Ukraine was able to fend off this Russian invasion, at least from its capital, and maybe about how some of those tactics could be applied in other areas of the country?
0: Russia tried to take Kiev very fast, and so they raced their tanks down the highways, but they failed. And so Ukraine was able to stop them and pick off those tanks, obviously at great human cost and great cost to the civilians. But we'll see both those tactics absorbed in the next fight. I expect Ukraine's forces to use their very smart hit and run tactics, they use surveillance from drones and other sources to identify Russian armor and hit it. By the same token, I don't think Russia's gonna risk a quick offensive running tanks down the highway again like they did around Kyiv because they know Ukraine can stop them. That's why from the east Russia's going to try to push forward with more air and artillery cover. But I still give Ukraine the best chance defending their home territory and with their great surveillance and their smart, precise weapons to be able to hit those forces. The key, though, is to keep Ukraine resupplied, keep feeding them plenty of intelligence and keep them resupplied so they can keep up the attacks on the Russians as the Russians try to push forward.
1: We're speaking today with one of our favorite guests, an expert on war, Dr. Rebecca Grant of Iris Independent Research with the latest on the actual fighting going on in Ukraine and how this war is shaping up. We'll have much more right after this. The country of Slovakia recently stepped up and offered some missile defense systems to be brought into Ukraine to try and help out with this war. One of the tricky parts of this, though, is getting some of these weapons and defense systems into the country because Russia is targeting those shipments. How has the United States and NATO been successful thus far in providing the aid and actually getting it into the country?
0: Really good news here, the railway system in Ukraine is still working. Britain's Boris Johnson took a train into Kyiv, and our commander of U.S. Transportation Command that runs all our airlift and sea lift, she says that actually Russia has not been able to attack the resupplies. So the lines out to the west are holding, and that's why the victory around Kyiv is so important as well. It means that NATO, and there are at least 14 countries, bringing aid into Ukraine, that we can still continue to do that. Great of Slovakia to send the S-300, that's a super air defense system that can help provide more air cover over Ukraine's forces. Because right now, Ukraine's fighting at a bit of an unfair advantage with the Russians flying about 250 air attack missions a day out towards the east against Ukraine's forces.
1: You mentioned British Prime Minister Boris Johnson taking a a train all the way into Kiev, Ukraine, To meet with leadership there. There's been some calls for President Biden to do something similar, but he's actually in Iowa right now. Do you think it would boost morale for Ukrainians and maybe even bring more attention for the rest of the world in Ukraine if the American president made a trip in? Or is it just too dangerous to bring the American commander in chief into a war zone like this?
0: I am pretty sure Ukraine would rather have MiG-29s and more Javelin anti-tank weapons. I'd say let's use our airlift to send in supplies. I think it's great that Boris Johnson went, but they don't need a whole bunch of other visitors now. Let's make sure those supplies get in. That's what everyone should be laser-focused on. As you know, it takes a lot of aircraft to move around a U.S. president. Those airplanes are far better spent bringing arms into uh, Eastern Europe so that we can get them down to Ukraine.
1: All right. This war in Ukraine continues as do the individual battles. And it, this whole war has really taken an interesting shift as well with Russia pulling back, but now renewing an offensive all this. We get more reports that they're targeting civilians also. So there's that part of it as well. Dr. Rebecca Grant, always a pleasure to speak with you. And I feel smarter after I do as well. Thanks for being on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. We really appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you.